When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Deck maintenance isn't fun. Move the furniture and barbecue, sand and prep, paint, seal, or get a low-maintenance Trex deck. The only colour fade you'll have to deal with is watching the sunset. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. Yes, welcome back to Crunch Time, brought to you by Robson Civil Join. Robson Civil Projects, jobs at robsoncivil.com.au. Now, we're talking about you know who you support when you're younger. When I was a young punk... I just love the Canberra Raiders. And, and my eldest boy, we've got four kids, the eldest boy, he loves the Cowboys because they were the successful team coming through around 2015 when you're at that age where you're being influenced. My youngest one loves the Melbourne Storm for the same really? reason. Yep, That's a controversial one. Yes, yes. Mm. And I love the Canberra Raiders, and, and largely because this bloke here, um, Gary Belcher, who's on the line, the great Gary Belcher. Badge, how are you, mate? You're too nice, sugar. How are you, mate? How are you? Well, you, it's something... Did you say that before every guest, lads? Yes. Uh, great to have... That's been very kind today, actually. Great to have Glenn Lazarus on the program. Uh, no, but Badge, I... Yeah, I, just you, something you probably don't think about, you know. Like, you win these grand finals and you don't think about the 10 or 11-year-old kid who's just... has changed their lives, their weeks. Um, how fond are those memories at this time? In fact, I was telling the boys earlier, Badge where my very, very first game that I'd ever seen live, we'd got a seven-hour uh, drive from Lake Cargillico. We turn up to the Sydney Football Stadium. We have the worst seats in the house, which I think is the best seat in the house. And you guys go and beat Manly in a prelim. Gary Coyne scores four. Do you remember that day? Oh, I do. Yeah. <laughs> the great Gary Coyne. He's walking back with that big, goofy look on his face mm. with holding four fingers up. Um, <laughs> what a player he was! Yeah, it was a, yeah, that was a really special time. It's um, you know, throughout the the late eighties for the Raiders, um, Mal and I arrived, and a few other players, Stevie Walters and uh, Steve Jackson and Pete and Kevy and yeah, lots and lots of players arrived, and it didn't take long to to start to gel. But yeah, by the late late eighties, it was um, it was well, looking back now, it was really the peak time for the Raiders, wasn't it? Of course, in that win again in in 1994, but uh, yeah, really, really fond memories, mate. We were lucky. You sometimes take it for granted when you, you know, you're playing finals uh, sort of year after year, and we did. I think four out of five years there, we're in the in the big games. Badge, uh, you mentioned lucky, and and you do need luck, whatever you do, whatever vocation. We've got listeners now who are listening, and they're in their current roles, and there's a reason why they've landed in their current roles. Sliding doors, some would say. What, what was the sliding door moment? That led you to the Raiders and, and ultimately changes your life. Uh, well, I was yeah, I was talking to a few clubs actually when I was at South in Brisbane over a couple of seasons, and I didn't want to leave. I just wanted to stay, at, stay and play at my my footy club in Brisbane. I grew up playing for South Magpies, and um, but the crunch time for me was probably I just couldn't make it into the Origin side. Mm. Um, Colin Scott had a mortgage on it, and whilst I, I'd squeezed into one Brisbane rep side once um, in the National Panasonic Cup. Um, the next side that was picked in 84 was Queensland. He was back again. So I decided to move and I was talking to a few clubs and 
umming and ahhing about Manly or North or South and um, uh, and Al had already signed with the Raiders and he made it pretty clear to me that if I'd um, he didn't mind if I played for anyone else but he smashed me every time we played against each <laughs> yeah. other I think that's a pretty uh, yeah pretty persuasive argument that you put up there so didn't take me long to, to realise I needed to join the green machine with him. It's the best thing I ever did. Gary, I was just thinking when um, when Joel was talking about not you, you never think about the 11-year-old kids or the fans when, when you're playing or you, you're competing. These days, you know, if there's any particularly keen fans, they can DM their favourite player or send a pic or send a message or something like that. When you were playing, did would you get like a – a postcard from a fan or a, like would they send a pic in the mail or how did that work back in the day? Yeah, letters and, um, you know, if they weren't at the games, send a letter and send some, um, you know, some uh, the Scanlon's footy cards along for you to sign. Um, there was always stuff arriving at the club to be signed, whether it was your jerseys or T-shirts or flags or, or something. And, um, yeah, plenty of that. And then and, and actually it, it, it got didn't get out of control, but it got went to another level once we toured Papua New Guinea in 91. And um, and then the, the mail that just around that time started flowing in from Papua New Guinea, I reckon every club would have the same story. It was incredible. And, and on the end of every letter, it was, you're my, you know, my favourite player. I, I love you and I uh, love the way you play. And please send me one pair of socks, two jerseys and three pairs. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Did I tell you about... You make- Sorry, Badge. Did I, did I tell you the story about... So, Mum and Dad had been divorced, and so Dad was living with me at Dremoyne, and I was getting this fan mail, right? And this lady... The was, female variety? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> there she we was, go. She was quite obsessive I'm about I'm intrigued. She was quite obsessive <laughs> about it, and my dad was replying to her. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. So, pretending to be... And years later, he divulged it. I thought, she keeps coming. Well, but can't you cop the, the hint, you know? And, yeah, yeah. And Dad later divulged it. He'd been replying, <laughs> Yes. Bad job. You didn't ever front you the game and say, hey, it's me. It's now his wife. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, oh, yeah, I didn't mention that. We're now married four kids. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Yeah. Thanks, Dad. Badge, in the lead up to the 2019 grand final, all the journalists were, were looking for quotes from members of the 1989 side. And there was sort of a almost a challenge between us to see who who would be the one bloke who would be able to resurrect the great John Chicka Ferguson. Because I, I understand that he, he's a very private man. Mm. Uh, he likes to keep a low profile. And all of us did our yeah. best, but nobody ever, really? nobody could, could raise him and, uh, or find him or whatever. I'm just wondering, is he someone that still stays in touch with all of the reunions? And, and is he sort of part of that sort of old boys sort of player group from that 89 grand final? Occasionally. Occasionally we have a get together and he just appears out of the mist, wow. <laughs> and everyone goes, "Wow, Chicka's Chicka's back." He's uh, he was the man. Yeah, we we have had a couple of um, get-togethers that uh, Chicka's been at, and a, and a couple of course that he hasn't been at, and he's up in North Queensland. I got his number, mate. You, you want? Oh, there yeah. you go. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> but, but seriously, Badge, what a what a player! Like yes. what a player he was. Oh, the, 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 look, the, the best way I can probably. Describe. I mean, he had he had the footwork that, that James Tedesco has. That Ooh. really, really sharp, yeah. sharp, short stepping footwork, and and could do things that other players couldn't do. And I, I found him the smartest winger that played outside me. I was trying to run um, little short sides and corridors, we called mm. them, and stuff. And Chicka just picked it up in a flash, and he he could do exactly you know what I needed him to do, which which helped us. 
but the best, probably the best way I could describe it, I mean, we had all those great players there with, um, you know, Laurie Daly and Ricky and Brad Clyde and Al and Lazo and Stick. And it just went on and on. But the loudest roar every time he touched the football was Pachika. Wow. It was just, it didn't matter who else it was. It's like he got the football, the crowd rose up and everyone, and I was the same on the field too. He started dodging the dancing and I would kind of be standing <laughs> back at times cheering for him and going, something special is going to happen here. Because he was just incredible. And, and of course, he was, you know, he, he, I know he was actually. I saw his passport wow. we had to go overseas after the 89 grand final. He was 35 that year. <laughs> I was going to say, has anyone seen his birth certificate yeah. like it? <laughs> yeah, I have. I actually saw it. So, yeah, made sure it was, uh, yeah, it was legit. Now, Badge, I don't know if you've been asked this before, but when we play, and particularly fullbacks, there's always a player. For me, Corey Pearson, I'd, I'd hang on his left-hand side and he had this unbelievable offload that he'd sort of pop up with his right hand to his left. Who was a player in your career, you reckon, Badge, who, who you needed or not so much needed but got the absolute best out of you? Oh, I've played most of my career. In fact, all of my career, uh, I was in the centres with Mal at South in Brisbane. Then I went back to fullback the last couple of years and yep. then played. So my, my uh, what, eight years in Canberra, another four or five in Brisbane, the whole time Mal was, you know, in the same side as me and such an influential player and such a skillful big bloke as well. That um, He certainly helped me a lot. So, he, you know, I, I, I couldn't think of anyone else that was more influential. Peter Jackson, we played a lot of footy together, but he skedaddled back to the... The, uh, the dirty old Brisbane Broncos when we had things going at Canberra. So, um, but uh, yeah, yeah, certainly big now. Now, I don't want to tell the story because I, I don't know it uh, entirely, but there's a good story getting around, whether it's true or it's not, around Peter Jackson, the late Peter Jackson, who quite the character, and it was so sad that we lost him so early. But there, there's a story getting around about his ashes. Is that fact or fiction, Badge? Which story? So, 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 well, well, the story, the story that I, I I've been. T- we spread them at three different places. Okay, well, the story I've been told because he he was always the prankster, Peter Jackson. And feel free to extinguish his story, where the boys are out on a boat, right, and it's quite the breeze, and they've thrown out Peter Jackson's, or, or there wasn't quite the breeze, but they've thrown out Peter Jackson's ashes on the boat, right? And he's quite the scallywag and prankster, Peter Jackson, and as they've thrown him out, the winds picked up. And it's come all back on the top of him, right? Is that a fact or fiction, Badge? No, no, no. I don't remember that one. No, no. I can. I, what I what I can tell you is we um, we scattered uh, half of the you know, part of his ashes where he was um, living at the time down at Stanwell Park. Yeah. Um, and then we we the other half we uh, wanted to scatter at his his home in Brisbane at Davies Park and the other, well, half of them there and the other, so, so a quarter of them there and then mm. effectively a quarter of his at on Lane Park. Oh, right. Um, and you're not allowed to do that. You're not oh. allowed to scatter ashes on um, Lane Park, right. which is now Suncorp Stadium. But um, I have a good authority that it actually happened. Right. There was some... Some, some blokes actually snuck out there and uh, oh, good on it them. happened. And I may or may not have been one of them. Sorry, what a player. And, and for the listeners who weren't familiar yeah, with yeah. Peter Jackson, who would you liken him to? If you, if you, if for the modern day people watching the games now, who do you reckon Peter Jackson, I've got a player in my head and I reckon you'll say the same bloke, but who do you liken oh, him to? Oh, no, I, I, 
You might have to give me a hand there, mate, because I can't. I was thinking Munster, but is that a close analogy, well, Munster? Not, not, not as off the cuff as Munster. No. Not as off the cuff, but... Um, and bigger, yeah, big, big, tall thing. Yeah. He's about six foot three. And, and you know, he was tall and he was quite rangy and then he filled right out um, in the late 80s. So he was a big, you know, turned out to be a bit like 100, 608 kilo um, centre 5'8". Super skillful. Um, but I think Jacko's like Munster and a lot of the great players. His, mm. his greatest attribute was his competitiveness. He yeah. just never, ever gave in on any play. Joel, um, but yeah, had had the skill and the, everything else to go with it. Joel earlier asked us to sprinkle his ashes at the finish line in there, Flemington. Right there, right there. <laughs> there it is I'm actually, on screen. I'm going to go a little bit rogue because I'm hoping I'll still be around. I'm a fair bit younger yeah. than Joel. I think I'm going to s- sprinkle them at the West Tigers Centre of Excellence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good luck with that. Good luck with that. Bad, badge, your, your beloved Raiders are about to embark on another finals campaign and Back in your days, you would have had Tim Sheens overseeing a lot of those games. Did you find that it was beneficial to continue to do everything that you've done during the season, or do you change things up for the finals? Do you sort of go into camp together? Do you bring in motivational speakers late in the week, in the lead up to a game? Do you want to keep everything exactly the same, or do you want to, um, I guess, an artificial lift, if you like, from from doing something a little bit different to to the norm? Well, from my experience, you don't change too much at all. Um, and and, my, and my, the first experience I actually had with finals, I was playing under Bob McCarthy in, in Brisbane at South, and, and he was an outstanding coach and just a, just great at getting the team together. And South was in a lot of finals. But the week we earned the week off in 1982, um, and we went on road runs. And then he brought in, which we'd never done all year, or very rarely, mm. Um, and so in that week off, and then he, he, he um, for the grand final, he, he brought along Ronnie Coote and Sats and a bunch of his old South teammates. And I just remember sitting there going, oh, I, I didn't know it was this big. And I, I sort of, I didn't play well. I should have uh. <laughs> struggled and I thought, no, nah, no, that's not what you do. Uh, I think Mac will learn from that too. Um, but yeah, I, and I, I know Tim Sheens didn't change it up too much. If there was something that we did like, yeah, did, did travel differently, it wouldn't have been... Uh, you know, we would have already tried that throughout the year. I don't think you'd just suddenly change it all because it can. Routine is is important, and, and our routine at the time was get the bus up on the Friday. Um, you know, generally we're playing Sundays, not just the grand final, but for a lot of those finals. Well, two days before, get the bus up, stay at the Camperdown Travel Lodge, which wasn't the uh, the flashiest place, but it was <laughs> where we went. Yep. We'd walk up the road and uh, across the street and go and uh, train at the university grounds and. We, we had it down pat. We loved it there. And as soon as you're successful with something like that, well, you don't want to change it. You know, they could have told us we we're going to stay at five-star Marriott Resort. We were, no thanks. We're at the, we're at the crab travel lodge. That's what we do when it works for us. I'll never forget 2010. The Dragons, who were expected to win 2009, and Wayne Bennett, the coach, he felt that they were just a little bit amped up for it all. You know, they were fired up for this grand final. It meant so much. So his assistant coach, Steve Price, who's now at the Sharks, he said, Pricey, we've got to dial this down a little bit, you know. And so, so Pricey came up with this idea, which worked. He said, right, I've got – he's a great prankster, Pricey. He said, listen, what we're going to do is, um, Wayne, you, you, you get the team together and get a real serious speech going, right, and get them in the palm of your hands. And do you guys remember the comedian Kenny Graham? He's the comedian who portrays yeah, himself yeah. as a drunk. Right? Yeah, okay. Oh, yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. So he had – and the younger blokes don't know Kenny Graham. So he had Kenny Graham just – 
hijacked the meeting, come in. Oh, hey, yeah, boys, you know, and, and, and it completely loosened them up. But, um, Badge, oh, a couple of your teammates, former teammates, one's going to exit the competition this afternoon. Craig Bellamy taking on Ricky Stewart. Of course, you're a Raider, but of course, you've got great love for Craig Bellamy as well. How do you see this playing out? I really don't know, and I, yeah. I've struggled with all of these finals to, to, to genuinely say, I know, you know, one team's going to win. Um, I even thought the Eels were a good chance, and they were until they couldn't catch those high kicks. Mm. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't know, but I know um, the way the Raiders have been playing has me much more confident about their chances than I was probably six, seven weeks ago. They, they, they're playing, there's a bit of fluency about them. They seem to be all, um, you know, singing off the same hymn sheet. They were all over the place a while ago. So I, I think they're a chance, um, but I, I do know, of course, that if Melbourne click into gear early, um, they're a super tough side to beat. So um, I, look, I think it'll be tight. I hope it's, uh, I hope it's, you know, a really tight one and the Raiders sneak home um, near the death. But I, I certainly know that they're not going to win by a long way, the Green Machine. They'll have to battle it out the full 80. One final question, Badge, and we appreciate We have taken up a lot of your time. We, we are mindful of that. We are appreciative of that. I asked Fossey the same question. So we have the Dally M's, we have the Metricons, 3-2-1 system, but you watch so much football and you're such a, an astute judge. Who do you actually believe has been the best player in our competition in 2022? Well, if you take into account rep footy yep. and everything that goes with it, and I think that's so important, Origin, yep. um, I I find it hard to go past Ben Hunt. Mm. You know, I've, got a, that, I've got a Queensland tinge to it, but I, I don't think... You know, I was, I've been waxing lyrical about him playing hooker for the last couple of years. I finally convinced Scotty Satlin, my on-air partner, just how good he was in the number nine. Mm. And then to see him play as well as he did, and he was just outstanding in that last game. And, um, and he's been great for the Dragons. In a side that has mostly struggled and, and hasn't delivered, I think he's been fantastic. But... Um, Oh, look, I, I, I don't disagree at all with Nico Hines, too. I've been mm. so surprised with how well how well he's gone. And um, my tip of the start of the year for Dalian was Cameron Munster, and he hasn't disappointed either. Okay, yeah. Uh, Vossi said, oh, well, my tip at the start of the year was Nico Hines, and he, he's going to go very, very close. Um, Dylan Edwards wow. was Vossi's tip. So, anyway, thank you very much, Badge. Uh, all our listeners can hear your dulcet tones this afternoon. You're calling the game uh, with the Sharkies taking on the Cowboys. Thanks very much, Badge. Good on you, lads. And uh, no, I'm not. I'm doing the late game, Roosters Rabbits. Oh, there you go. There you go. Uh, the Maestro. Oh, no, it is. Sorry. It's the Sharkies Cowboys tonight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't oh, a crack at me, badge. Got one eye on the races, guys. Yeah. <laughs> the Maestro's never got anything wrong in his life. And uh, and yeah, I thought, oh, this could be the day. Uh, I do have a tip at Randwick. Uh, sorry, at Rose Hill for you, badge. I'll, I'll give you this before I go on our listeners. It is, uh, let me bring this. It's race nine. I know that much. It's race nine at Rose Hill. And this horse is looking for four wins in a row. And the, apparently the numbers have been through the roof. So I'm just trying to bring that up uh, now. Shades of Rose. There you go. Shades of Rose. Good luck, Badge. Appreciate your time. You kidding? I've already put the quarter in. Thanks, mate. <laughs> All right, mate. Uh, plenty more still to come on Crunch Time. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 91